This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible. Hi, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of This Empty Chair, our live podcast. Um, I have two beautiful men sitting here with me tonight, and it's just going to be an honor and privilege to hear them share their stories on um, how they got through addiction and, and how they're getting through recovery. So um, so a great night to tune in, so to welcome to all our listeners. Um, in 2021, 100,300 individuals lost their life to overdose. In the Merrimack Valley alone, there was 440 overdoses that were reported and 46 resulted in death. Since January 1st of 2022 in the Essex County, 376 overdoses have been recorded. There was an average of 9.4 fatal overdoses per month, which is a total of 47 a month. It's actually an 18% decrease since 2021, which there was an average of 57 per month. In the Merrimack Valley, which consists of Andover, Haverhill, Lawrence, Methuen, and North Andover, we have had 169 reported overdoses with 17 resulting in deaths. The overdoses that I report are from Essex County, um, which is Officer Danny Sinclair out of Newburyport um, PD. And these are the overdoses that we know of, like never mind the ones that happen in the house that families are Narcanning and that we're not um, familiar with. But this is the report that I receive. And I just wanted to share it with everyone because these numbers are the why we keep MVP ASAP going and we keep the podcast going because we want to reach um, we want to reach individuals that are struggling. We know that one life is one too many and um, and to lose already 17 um, in our Merrimack Valley alone is one life too many. So many things lead to addiction, whether it be genetics, environmental trauma, whatever it is, our guests will share their stories and talk to us tonight about what led them to addiction, but most importantly, how and why they recovered. So always before I begin, I want to thank our sponsors. Um, you'll see their banners throughout the evening. Um, these are the organizations that help this podcast go on um, by buying um, a banner, not only getting marketing and advertising, that funds taken for them to purchase that banner um, gets used for individuals who need um, scholarships to sober living. Do we scholarship you? No. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> no, we did enough for you. <laughs> so we just, I wanted just to thank all of them. Uh, Bob and Andrea Surrett of Alternative Home Health Care, right in Methuen. Um, big shout out to Phil and Fran Leahy of Circle of Hope. <clears throat> Um, John Croto and the Croto family um, at Cornerstone Services, Fred Orazio from Essex Companies, Officer Danny Sinclair from the Essex County Outreach, the Greater Lawrence Family Health Center, um, Saeed Coates of Haven of Hope in Methuen, um, Lawrence Methuen Community Coalition, uh, Sid Harris at Methuen Events, Lauren and Patrick over at Title Boxing Club in North Andover, a big shout out to Tim Hinault at Top Seal Addiction Treatment. And as always, thank you to Costa Broadcasting for allowing us to be here. And the guy behind the scenes, which is Lou Blasey, thank you for all that you do for us and for believing that recovery is possible. 
All our shows can be found on Google, iTunes, Spotify. And now we have our own YouTube channel, which is the Empty Chair Podcast, um, which is currently going live as we are um, talking. So education, education, education. That is the vaccine that controls substance abuse, my favorite show of all times. Hello, Cole and Lou. Hi, Phil. We love you. Um, some events. Sober, you know, you're sober. You're in new in recovery. Um, there are many events to get involved in. On Tuesdays and Thursday evenings, there is a boat that leaves Plum Island um, at 6.30. The cost is $15. Um, it's an AA meeting out on the, the cruise, so you watch the sunset. Sometimes someone brings a trumpet and they play music. So it's a beautiful experience. We also have the Field of Dreams coming up, and that is a yearly event that takes place in Salem, New Hampshire. And it is actually um, Saturday, June 25th from 12 to 6. It's at the Field of Dreams in Salem, New Hampshire. They're going to have live music, speakers. There's grills on site, so bring your own food to cook. And also, I was just made aware of the young people's um, <clears throat> Nikipa, which is New England something, something young people group. Um, they're having a kickball tournament, which is Saturday, June 25th from 12 to 5. And that is um, doo -doo -doo -doo, nine players per team. And it is happening at the Daring Oaks Park in Portland, Maine. And I have information on that if anyone wants to attend that. Again, I just want to remind everyone that the Circle of Hope, which is a family support group, meets every Monday evening, 6.30 to 8 at the Methuen Police Department in Sanborn Hall. Um, it is not meeting this Monday because it is a holiday. Um, June 19th is um, Juneteenth or what? Yeah, Juneteenth is what their the holiday is being observed. So we will not be there. However, Phil and Fran Leahy are a phone call away for anyone. Um, every week there is um, meetings that are going on. We have Celebrate Recovery, which is a 12-step Christian-based program. They make Tuesdays at the Rock Church in Plastow, um, Wednesdays at 60 Island Street in Lawrence, Thursday, um, I believe it's at Ray, Ray of Light Cafe. Um, and also, speaking of Ray of Light Cafe, have you guys gone there yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. There. Yeah, it's like a sober club. So they have meetings every Monday through Friday at noontime. On Friday nights, they have a book called Drop the Rock, um, which is an amazing, after you go through the process, um, Drop the Rock is steps six and seven, and it's just a great way to keep you accountable, things that you might not have let go of. On Saturdays at 7 p.m., they have a speaker meeting, and on Sundays at 7 p.m., they do a study of the big book. So Ray of Light Cafe can be found at 92 Merrimack Street in Haverhill. It's right above the A1 Deli. And for more information, you can reach out to Diana Teal at 603-489-7061. Also, another place to give back to would be the Movement Family. This is a weekly opportunity to feed the homeless in Lawrence. It's a great opportunity to be of service. You can show up and serve food or just be present to those that are there, or you can, as always, sponsor a meal. They meet 8 to 10 p.m. at the bus station in Lawrence, Mass. If you want more information on that, you can reach out to Michael Gorman at 978-697-9691, or as always, you can reach out to me. And let's see. I think that's all I have. We have Music Fest going on, and... Every Wednesday night at Salisbury, Mass., um, there's music. I know there's fireworks on Saturday, but that's it. 
that's all I have. So now we get to the fun stuff. This um, this show is to bring hope to people like ourselves when we were out there struggling, like we didn't have this. And I've been saying since um, 2019 that anyone who got sober during the pandemic, like my hats are off to them because um, to get sober on a screen and to go to a meeting on a screen is a lot different than having a touch and a feel and a sight. And um, so congratulations if you got sober from 2019 on during a pandemic, you're an absolute miracle. Um, because I, myself, back in 1987, I don't think, were you guys born yet in 87? No. no. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Baby. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I got sober in um, basements of churches where we could smoke cigarettes and drink coffee. And and uh, there was a lot of, um, we had the Roadback Club, which was a sober club for everyone to hang out at. So it was just different times. So I'm just, uh, I'm happy that anyone who got, chose to get sober during since 2019 that you're here and that you're still plugging along so with all that being said i want to introduce these two men um the one sitting right next to me um is very special very near and dear to my heart um this young man um came in through the side doors of my employment at 4 30 in the morning and i got a call at 5 5 30 in the morning um to either come in or he was going to jail and I showed up in my pajamas and met this young man who I got to say just celebrated a year of sobriety on the 14th. And, um, and he's an absolute miracle. And it's my favorite part of my job and my favorite part of just being in recovery is to witness the miracle happening to those. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how we met? and your journey and a little bit about your experience strength and hope because um, i know and if anyone wants to call and speak to these individuals while we're here the phone number is on the screen and it's six nine feel free to call in make comments we also have the chat going on so i can see a lot of people saying hi um i see michelle phil scott liz oh hi liz and um Get a bunch of people talking already, but I'm gonna just hand it off and get the show rolling. So, hello, my friend. What's going on? Hi. Hi. Hey, everybody. My name's Devin. Hi, Devin. Uh, alcoholic and addict. Hello. Welcome. I just want to say hi to Derek. It's my good friend Derek Pickles over there. Hey, Derek Pickles. That's Stay strong. On, um, yeah. So, you know, my uh, my journey started. You know, it wasn't. I really didn't choose this. I uh, like Cole said. I stumbled into a side door of a police station like I usually do at <laughs> four in the morning. Um, yeah, man, but I, it was rough. I, um, I hit bottom a lot, but I never really hit my real bottom until that night about a year ago. And, you know, going through all of this, I really did learn a lot about myself. I learned, mm -hmm. you know, I learned that being sober is honestly the best thing for me. And probably will be the best thing for me the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I also gained a lot of respect for other people um, in and out of the program. I also opened my eyes up to things that you know I never thought I'd have interest in. Um, but anyways, just a quick little background about myself. You know, I grew up normal home, normal parents. You know, yeah. nothing crazy. Um, they had food on my table, shirt on my back, roof on my head. I grew up with doing mass my whole pretty much my whole life until you know I was about like 23 and <clears throat> played hockey, I played football, 
you know, I was an athlete, but, uh, you know, with that being said, you know, there's parties and, uh, you know, I was always one at a party that, uh, like I said before, I thought people were laughing with me, but I was really getting laughed at. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I would just be a shit show or a mess, um, an absolute mess. You know, I had didn't care about myself. I didn't care about others. Um, my only goal was to get as jacked up as I possibly could. And, um, you know, with that being said, that that opened a lot of bad doors for me, too, at the same time, you know, ending up in holding cells a lot and fighting and just just being a menace to society you know not 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 being a part of a part of productive society and uh you know that night that i walked through those doors and i went i met you i should have been in middleton but i met you and um it was great probably like the best moment of my life looking back at it realizing it now you know i then like i rehab you know i never even knew what that really was like i said before that was just a song and uh <laughs> you know it's not it's actually it's actually a it's it's not a bad place but you know it's, it's good in a bad place you know it just depends on who you are and you know i went to one place and i got I got the boot out of there and then i ended up in a psych ward um <laughs> And when I came out of there, I went to the Wenham house. What he's I'm not at. saying is that he caused him getting the boot I, out of the first place, I which may, led him to the psych ward. I may or may not have caused To me, scene. calling him and screaming at him on the top of my lungs. Yeah, that is definitely correct. Um, <laughs> you know, but hey, it's it's the way it's the way it went. And uh, I'm actually really kind of thankful for that moment because I stepped foot into this house in Wenham, Mass, you know, and it was a blessing in disguise. I, I, uh, I walked into that house completely broken, um, you know, busted up face, wearing clothes on my back that were covered in booze. It, it just bloody, it was just a mess, you know, just an absolute mess. And uh, when I walked in those doors, there was a couple of men in there, young men my age that took me to like pretty much picked me up off the ground, scraped me off the floor and just helped guide me in the right direction. You know, um, 12 steps were a big factor in my recovery and still are. Um, I did not jump right into him right away. I I know. <laughs> I uh, I slacked. I was the guy that was in, you know, laying in my bed at the sober house all day, saying this is a fucking, this is a joke. Um, I'm getting out of here in 30 days. I'm gonna go back to what I was doing, hanging out with the people I was hanging out with, causing the same trouble. You know, just getting all jacked up again. But I'm gonna do it in a moderation this time. You know, that never works. Never works. And. Uh, you know, I didn't do that. I ended up staying there for four and a half, uh, three and a half, four months. And uh, it's probably, like I said, the best thing I ever did. And then, you know, I, I when I was all done there, all done with that place, I moved to an apartment with uh, some awesome roommates I got. Yes. Brendan's one of them. And, you know, the, these guys, it's a big, it's a big fellowship, you know, as they say, it's a fellowship. And, mm -hmm. No matter who you are, what you do, and if, if you're trying to keep yourself in the right track, you know, you're doing the right thing, you're helping others. People around you that are doing that, they'll, they'll they just flock around you, and, and they and we feed off of that, you know, you feed off of that. And like I said, the guys that I live with now, they all got jobs. <laughs> they, all, <laughs> they all they all they all eat eat good, um, but we all take care of each other, you know. If someone's at, in a funk, or you know, there's always well what's wrong you know it's never you know never going to bed with a worry on your mind i mean and if you are talk about it you know and it's great and 
I was that guy that would, for example, go to bed and I would just think that the world's ending, you know, the, mm-hmm. the world's ending. No one loves me. Um, everyone hates me. So I'm just going to get jacked up, man. Mm-hmm. You know, just get pinned. And that was not the case. You know, I'm an outgoing person as it is. And then, you know, with the drugs and alcohol, that's shit show. Um, <laughs> Nanya. 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 <laughs> That's a that's an ongoing joke. We're doing police department. That's, that's a, that's a joke. He didn't speak English when we arrested him. We were like, Devin, what are you doing? He's like, none, yeah. Hey, groping with doing, you know, groping with doing. Um, none, yeah. They're like, how do you put? How do you spell that for the report? Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, that was that. You know, I still got to talk to that man that I got in a little scuffle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, back to it. Um, you know, I, uh, I've, I've also, this is a little sad. I've lost some people yeah. during this whole process of, I've just been sober for a year and, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Just time flies, you know, mm-hmm. a year ago I was sitting in a bed and I had no phone. I snapped it in front of your, your office. Yeah. Um, and I sat there with myself and I really, really like got, to the, I didn't know how to handle my emotions. I really didn't. I was a ball of anxiety, sadness, everything under the sun. I did not know how to handle it. I couldn't handle it. So I would just blow up and let my thoughts get the best of me until I met that fourth step. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it really, like I said, opened doors and changed the way I look at things now. You know, but I, don't get me wrong. I still could be stubborn and, and and look at things like why is this happening to me? This isn't happening to no one else, you know, just the small things, but, you know, take a step back and look at it. I'm here today and take it a day at a time, you know? Um, But yeah, ask me a question. Ask you a question. So you went into the IOP and then you constantly wanted to leave. Yes. So what was the motivation point that made you stay? Because there are people that will I'll put into IOPs and they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm done. And what made you stay and what did you learn by staying? Uh, What honestly made me stay was. Besides Caroline. Caroline. Yeah. She just (laughs) keeps signing this paper. Keep signing this paper. No, what made me stay, honestly, was. I had a really good friend in there, too, that. I noticed was being able to wake up in the morning and smile, mm-hmm. like walk around the house. He wasn't wicked happy. He wasn't really sad. He was just, he was getting through, but each day was getting better. And I wanted that. And just seeing myself grow a little bit at a time, you know, like I said, it took me two months to even open the big book and mm-hmm. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. But what made me really stay there was just, wanting to be so i really i started to really want it you know i started getting some a f- little bit of friends back you know just the material things a little bit but also i was able to look at myself in the mirror you know yeah. shaving my face look look be able to, let me do now but <laughs> being able to look at myself you know being able to walk around my chest chest up high saying this is who i am now today and this is i want to live the rest of my life like this because yeah. i would be around later on when i got to see people like Sean and all them and you, the way they carried themselves and how happy they were to see each other. I'm like, we're going to, we're going to a meeting at the bottom of a church drinking Starbucks coffee here. And you guys are all wicked excited, you know? <laughs> and that was like right in the beginning. But as we kept on doing that and seeing, meeting more people and I really wanted, to, I loved that energy. You know, yeah. these guys walked around, guys and women walked around like 
their chins up high, happy, wanted to help one another, wanted to be a part of society, be, mm-hmm. be productive, you know? And that's what really drove me to stay. Awesome. You also had another bump <clears throat> that I was nervous that I was going to lose you on was you had a female that was, she was renting space in your head. You were like texting her. I'm not going to call her. Then you call me to tell me you call her. Yeah. How did you, like, that is a huge part for a lot of people that sends them back out yeah. or sends them on a path. How did you get over not following through with calling her and whatever? How did you get through that? Um, well, in all honesty, I blocked the phone number. And but, so, but be true, right? But was that, wasn't that hard to do? That was hard because what I would do, what I was doing was I'd block her and then unblock her and block her and unblock her. Yeah. And then after some time I sat back and looked at it and you know, it took me, my mother who would call me and see me once in a while, my grandmother, people around me. I was very codependent to it with her. I know. Very codependent. <laughs> I thought that I needed this person to make me happy. Yeah. I'm going to run out of this place. Go see you. We're going to be good. And that was not the case. I, uh, I had to step back cause everyone was telling me, you know, listen to, listen to other people that are in this mm-hmm. program. I had to listen to what they were saying. You know, it was mm-hmm. cut the tie completely. You can't have, you can't have that connection. I'm here. I was there at that place to focus on myself and myself only. Mm-hmm. But even when I got out of there and I was in the apartments for a little bit, I still, that's like very towards the tail end. But it was, I, I realized that every day I would start thinking less and less. And a sponsor once told me to pray about it. Yeah. Every week for a couple of weeks, pray about it. It even says it in the book, pray about it. And, you know, honestly, I, at first I wasn't a big believer in God, yeah. but I know that there's something out there that's hi- higher than myself. Yeah. And I would, I'd pray and I would, it would, wouldn't, it wouldn't stumble in my mind as much, you know, yeah. I would write a lot of inventory when I was at the house too. And I think like, that was key. Yeah. Was the inventory you know, I never, over I never thought, I never thought in my life I would sit there about three notebooks or four <laughs> stacked up. <laughs> Being able to write stuff and like cry about it, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Especially real men cry. Yeah, real men cry. Yeah, That's and right. uh, I heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, real men cry. You know, even yoked up men cry. Even yoked up men. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it just really, really digging at myself. You know, really sitting there and like nitpicking myself. Yeah. And I would want to fight myself, headbutt myself. I don't, you know can't really do that yeah and uh (laughs) it took a lot it it took a lot more than it should have but eventually i got over it and it was it was bad because i would let that let her talking to me really convince me that everything was i I was okay or i wasn't the problem it was other people but you know i had a problem myself i never knew about it i never knew you know i had never knew about it i just covered it up with with substances you know yeah. and and being that you know you're the cool kid you're the kid that could do this this and nah man no nah, man that's whack you know like i'm a scared little kid inside yeah i, I really am drug to I, shut I, it I really, up i really really <laughs> right? you really are you're just muffling it you know yeah. it's, it's all you're doing you're just drowning it out like and I, people need to realize that you know and i'm telling you when you take all that stuff away but well for me it was easy i was young you know i don't have i didn't lose a house i didn't I lost some things, but even for the older folks up there too, it's just 
if you take all that stuff out and you really can look at yourself and you can sit there and look at yourself mm -hmm. and you can get through the other side, yeah. that shows a lot about your character, you know, Amen. that there's there's a lot to you that you don't even know about. Amen. And yeah, everyone be, could say, yeah, I'm, I'm egotistic, I'm a narcissist, I'm all this stuff. Yep. But you could say it, but do you believe it? Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, how old are you? I'm about 25 next month. So there's a lot of wisdom. Yeah. So you come into the program at 23. Yeah. You get sober. Yeah. Past year, right? You went from not having shit show. You were a shit show. Losing your job or yeah. putting it on hold because we had the FMLA going on for you. Um, you go into sober living. You get rid of a girl that is definitely would have taken you out. Oh, would uh, you have hooked oh, up with that? Absolutely. And you kept on working the program. So if you're tuning in tonight, like this is a living testimony of someone who's young, who got it, who continues to get it because he continues to work on himself on a daily basis. Um, and I love it. And not only that, but we go to court. Mm. You have time looking over your head. Yep. Yep. And because you do the next right thing. You are now once you hit a certain mark, like this is wiped out. This is and this, this is yeah. huge. And these are the benefits, not just staying sober, because a lot of you can just stay sober and get it, but like you're doing the next right thing. Not so white, every time, every time you do the next right thing, you get like another gift, you know. And here's the gift: you're not looking at jail, you know. If you screw up between now and the time it's over, yeah, you would, but you haven't. It. And then the biggest thing is was writing your letters for employment. So do you want to let us know what you all just got accepted into? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess now this is going out there. I hope my glass ain't on. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to say where, but uh, what happened? Like you got I got a I got a great job opportunity. Yeah. I really did. Um I, I really did. I was looking at the thing. Are you afraid to say it? But yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know, but you just um, got an opportunity yeah, that you wouldn't have gotten if yeah, you weren't I, clean and sober. No. no you know what i honestly how i how i met the person or the person to help me i met him at a meeting and uh he gave me a phone number and i hounded this person for yep. like two weeks straight and he finally answered said you want a job and you know it took off from there i Amen. went to some i went to a big event um met some more people there Amen. and a man over here brendan he yep. helped me out too in a tremendous way with you know his his sponsor and yeah you know i owe all these people that helped me a big thanks but if i was out there you know i wouldn't even be able to pass a piss test i wouldn't be able to get my foot in the door you know never <laughs> yep. like it is it it's great though like it this is. gifts come everything will come with time no matter how big or small they are Amen. But Amen. also, I want to answer Phil. Can I answer Phil? You can go scroll up and down because there's a lot going on over here, and then, um, and then once you answer there is everyone, a lot going on. so. Wow. Did you say hi back? What's going one? on, Luke? All right. T Bone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have. Is that Luke downstairs, Luke? No, that's no. my boy T Bone. Oh, word. Love you, T. Yeah. Scott, I think I. Oh, thank you, Michelle, for bringing that up. Circle of Friends. That's a huge event that's happening at Hampton Beach. I think it's August 1st or 7th. Um, I will get information on that, Michelle. Thank you for bringing that up. And it is happening this year at Hampton Beach. There's anywhere from 600 to 1,200 individuals that show up for that every year. Um, when it started, we were, I think, on L Street at Leo's co um, Cottage. And it has people drive from, like, New Jersey 
New York to come to this event. It's a pretty amazing and powerful event. At the end, we make a circle um, and have a meeting and, um, and it's pretty powerful to be around that type of recovery. You got Zach. Londo. Londo. <laughs> um, we have, so Peter Donato is my friend, Kathy. Um, her husband passed away and she keeps his name up. So she wants to play kickball in the young people. Oh yes, Kathy, you'd run out crying the first time a ball hit you. Liz, <laughs> I already said, I do. Derek. Uh, Derek, you guys said yeah. hi to Kathy, the captain. Sure. You can be the freaking cheerleader. Ray Donovan, we're <laughs> proud of you, Devin. Love you, buddy. Taylor Dyer, life's a garden. Dig it. I will. Um, Scott and Fran are having conversation. Oh, Scott's wishing you a one year. Thank you, Scott. Good work. Appreciate it, brother. And how are you doing with your parents? I am doing great. Yeah. My uh, father doesn't want to bring me out by the neck no more. Amen. After all the times he's told me to listen, I should have listened the first time. And I hope when he hears this, he's going to say, I told you so. Um, my mother, she can sleep at night now. Amen. It's great. She doesn't have to worry. And, but you know, she knows the truth about everything. So, and not only your parents, but I said like you're a role model to your two sisters, Yeah, which is huge because you have one that can go yeah. either way. Olivia, and then one's a Olivia, baby. Yeah, Cecilia. Yeah. Cecilia, I got to stop getting tattoos. Cause every time I see her, she wants tattoos and she's all <laughs> got marker all over herself. So she wants to look like her brother. And, and her how dad. old is she? Uh, five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he awesome with your parents. And then we have Dave Spencer. So cool to hear about big book in action, simple solutions for complicated people. Amen. Christopher. Yes. Phil Leahy does my heart good to see people at some yay at young age. Jeez. Also Fox run here in support and love to see you guys doing great things. That's awesome. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, we're going to hear Brendan's uh, experience, strength and hope. Again, if you want to call and talk to these gentlemen, or if not, keep the feed going, but we'll be right back in just one minute. <laughs> My name's Phil Leahy, and I do the Empty Chair Show here. And as much as Fran and I have enjoyed doing this show, our real passion is with where it all began, the Circle of Hope, my support group for the families of addicts. I learned a long time ago that dealing with an active addict is just too difficult. So we invite you to join our group, the Circle of Hope, uh, give me a call, 978-886-2949, and you'll see our banner on the show anyway. And, and give me a call. Find out what it's all about. You know, if you don't think you're ready to sit into a group, uh, Fran and I always invite people uh, over to the house, and we sit down, have a one-on-one, -on -one, and we talk about a plan you'll have to set up, how to deal with someone in active addiction, or, or just give you a chance to vent. So, I mean... If you or someone you know has dealing with a, someone in active addiction, reach out, give a call, take the first step. I promise you that it won't make it easier, but once you understand what it's all about, you'll be able to deal with it a little bit better. So again, 978-886-2949. Just ask for Phil. I'm always available 24-7. Thanks, and we'll see you on the empty chair. Bye-bye.
welcome back to the second half. I hope you enjoyed the first half with Devin. And uh, I know I certainly did. And based on the news feed, it looks like people are enjoying the show. So I had the honor and privilege to meet this young man only on Tuesday. Um, Brendan, who I was calling Brandon, he's like, just think of the Irish. And that's the way I'm going to remind it. Now that I look real at you, Irish. Oh, real, good Lord, do you Irish. watch uh, Pinky Binders? I do. You think I look like him? Wasn't it the best show ever? I like, I just can't get enough of it, (laughs) but welcome to the show. Thank you. It is so nice to meet you. And not only do we have this beautiful soul that connects us, we also have my lifetime friend, Chris, um, who I absolutely adore um, in each other's life. So it's a small small world, world. but my partner at work always says, um, she's like, oh, everyone knows you no matter where we go. So it's just, it's funny, but welcome to the show. Thank you. And um, love to hear your experience, strength and hope because you too, how old are you? 28. You're 28, 28 and you have a year and a half. Yeah. A little uh, over a year and a half, amen. almost 19 months. Amen. Oh, so tell us a little crazy. bit about how and why your addiction start, right. got started and most importantly, why you chose recovery. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Devin. Um, you know, I didn't really like choose recovery at first. Like yeah. I really didn't want to be sober. Uh, you know, I had this big fear that uh, if I get sober, life's going to suck. You know, I had this huge fear about getting sober. Like I'm not going to be able to do anything. You know, I'm not yeah. going to be able to go out with my friends. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to be alone and yeah. sober. You know, yeah. Who wants to, who wants to do that? Right. But, uh, you know, I'm here to start off with that. Like that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, you know, there's really no negative. Like, I can't think of one negative, like, from getting sober in my life. Everything in my life today is just, you know, such a blessing. Like, from work to relationships with my family, relationships with my friends, you know. Um, you know, they've never been stronger because they're they're more real now. Authentic, you know what I mean? They're, real, they're, more, they're more real. You know, this is, this is yeah. me. And, uh, Amen. you know, the sober me, like it's, it's the most just confident, secure, like, um, you know, like we, people, you know, getting sober, people get a little nervous, you know, like people are going to talk like, right. Like, you know, like, would you rather have them talking about you getting, you know, you know, mess would they, yeah. would you rather have them talking about what you're actually doing or would you rather have them talk about your past? You yeah. know, like, Oh, like, what can they say now? Yeah, I remember when I got was getting yeah. sober, um, I would only go to meetings in Derry, New Hampshire. I wouldn't go in this area. And my mother's like, why are you traveling? And I'm like, "Just well, because um, they're all going to know like that I'm, I'm an alcoholic. And she's like, you're in every newspaper. I think they figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't you stay local? <laughs> you know, And that, but that was it. Like, would you rather people yeah. talk about me, you know, right. getting my life together or... Yeah. Causing the havoc that yeah, I was causing. That's part of it. Owning it. Like, yeah. you got to own it. Um, you know, like, lying is a huge part of my story. Like, I lied yeah. really to everybody, but mostly to myself every day. Yeah. You know, lying to myself, living in this insanity. And, um, you know, that's not the case today. Everything's o- everything's out in the open. Everything's mm-hmm. honest. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted to start with that. But a um, uh, little background, yes. brief background. Just grew up in Situate. Uh, you know, mom and dad still together. Hey, mom and dad, if you're watching. Hi, uh, mom and dad. Older, you got a beautiful son. Older sister, younger brother. Um, yeah, I was a middle child. Um, you know, definitely have all those traits of whatever that psychologist's name is that 
describe the middle child as yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> I'm, I'm that's me um, <laughs> but uh you know we're, we're still working on all those um but yeah grew up in situate um but there's this term um you know in recovery called rid it stands for uh, restless irritable and discontent and uh i heard a guy um who works at top sale his name's chris cap you know he always talked about how he had rid before the drugs and alcohol and yeah. you know i related to that like so like tenfold because that was me like you know i played sports you know it was had everything you could want as a child growing up but like it still wasn't enough like it wasn't enough to like fill whatever void that was inside me that i wasn't okay with yeah. um and you know i used drugs and alcohol to fill that void um you know it uh started smoking weed drinking um and then you know found opiates and that was it right there you know that was the key how were you was, introduced to opiates key. how did they come play into your uh, life first pill i took was an oxycodone 10 but was it given to you by a doctor? No, I okay. stole it from uh, from my father, believe it or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. I found prescription drugs in his drawer yeah. um, and, uh, you know, just took off. Um, that just How old were you when you did that? 15. Okay. Yeah, sophomore in high school. Um, and then that just happened to be the same time as that Perk 30s were around. They were big. Yeah. And, you know, pretty much spent all of high school selling weed to support a Perk habit. It's crazy. And not, I mean, people, it's definitely some kids knew, but, uh, you know, it was pretty hush hush, you know? So back to, then, cause yeah. you're young, you were in high school yeah. and you're talking about the perks, like were they dealers or were these real drugs uh, that we these, were taking from cabinets? Like, no, yeah, they were dealers. Uh, we used to go down to Brock, uh, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, Brockton, Brockton area. Brockton. Okay. Brockton. Brockton. I mean, because now everything. I don't think anything's changed. Or, I don't think that's yeah. a secret. Or anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> but now, like everyone's like they they're pressing them. They're making. Yeah, them. I didn't get so into that. I didn't so. know if you were no. at a time where you like you were actually receiving like a real perk. Yeah, I was getting real perks because okay. I switched from perks to dope when I was eighteen. Okay. You know? And I never looked back. I mean, waste yeah. of money. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know. Um. So that went on. Uh. Pretty much battled like a functioning. You know, like I was talking about earlier. Like just pretty much just like this crazy double life I was living, you know, because like I would meet people, form relationships. And like, you know, I always had this like secret that I was carrying with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I get days, weeks, sometimes even months of, uh, you know, just staying off the shit. But yeah. like I could never, never fully, you know, escape from it. And uh, did mom and dad know? You oh, were yeah. Yeah. I overdosed when I was 21 okay. um, in my parents' house. Okay. Yeah, they knew. Um, and they had known before that. Did they have Narcan in the house to save you? No, police Narcan. Really? Yeah, my You're brother. Very found lucky. Me. Yeah, my brother found me. Younger brother? Or... Yeah, older brother. So the girl's the older. Yeah, and then you, older. and then him. Yeah. Okay. So, and how traumatizing was it for him? Pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah, extremely traumatizing. Yeah. Um, you know, think about that a lot. He saved my life. No shoot. You know? Amen. Amen. Um, but yeah. To the you know is that how mom and dad found out that you were on drugs was one of those i think so but they, they definitely they that? definitely knew before just okay. didn't want to you know address have it. that conversation yeah. you know with their son yeah thinking um, that we'll just grow out of it and yeah blah 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 no yeah. i get it um, yeah so uh yeah you know fast forward to 26 yeah. um and um you know through all this you know i was struggling i have um yeah, I have a best friend that's been there with me. I just got to shout out Zavi real quick if you're listening. Like, this man is just 
been there for he's known Amen. since day one he's just stuck by me through it all it's crazy yeah. to have a friend like that um because you know you feel like you don't deserve like that you know in yeah. your life you know when you're just continuously like you know yeah doing that stuff you know behaving like that and yeah. um you know he bailed me out of rehab uh when i was 26 i flew down to carolina uh got a job was playing soccer um and then i came back for thanksgiving this is leading up to how i got sober and stayed sober nice. uh you know it was thanksgiving you know i had probably six months off it and uh you know i went the obsession just was insane i actually rented a car from north carolina and drove home for thanksgiving i didn't want to fly because it was cheaper and i drove straight to this girl's house right stayed there and then on my way back to my parents house i stopped at the dudes i didn't even see my family sober for nineteen and six months wow. so that's how real the obsession is and yeah. that's like literally the last thing like i thought i would do right um but i did it um because i had no defense no yeah. defense i had no defense my i you know like i wasn't in control yeah i wasn't in control yeah you know thanksgiving and, was a huge thing for myself yeah. <clears throat> on how many i slept through how many yeah. I never showed up for because you always have that football game in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'll be right back. And so, yeah, Thanksgiving was a, a rough holiday, which is a rough holiday if you're sober, too. Like they, yeah. we do our trifecta of Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. But so Thanksgiving, you don't come home for dinner. No, I was there. I was just high as balls and, and did they um, know oh yeah they knew and i woke up the next day on friday i'll never forget you know my dad told me to leave my sister looked at me and said i was disgusting mm -hmm. um and i was um and then you know i stayed at a buddy's house for a couple days and then you know i met a kid named kenny um in rca he was my roommate and uh you know he was sober he was doing the right thing and i gave him a call and next thing you know uh he actually didn't know if I was coming because I had I literally wanted nothing to do with recovery. And right. it was a strict 12-step house. And he's like, I don't know if you want to come. Uh, this doesn't really seem like you want to do this. And I told my dad about it. My dad made a phone call. And next thing you know, we're driving in the car out to Wenham. And uh, that's the day literally everything changed. And change is like the biggest word, like the biggest word that I've learned in recovery, change. Like it's got so much meaning to it, you know, because there's it, it, there's action behind like you, we can change, but there, there's action behind it. You need to do the things right to to change. And it is possible like me and Devin, like we went we went to the same place. We went to the one house, you know, we wrote step work every day. Like that's an action. When right you there, were there, writing. you guys, I remember someone had relapsed. When yeah. you were there, and he had yeah. a real hard time with it. Yeah. How did yeah. you handle that? We had a. Uh, like, did it make you think like? Yeah, I'm honestly, ready to go I was so too? messed up when I was like a month sober. I was okay. so, and we were in such a strict environment that yep. like any little thing that was going wrong was like the end of the world. So yeah. like when someone did relapse, it was like like I remember sitting in Daryl's office, the old program director, being like, "How? Why is this happening? Like, yeah. what do we do? Like, why aren't we doing enough? Like, yeah. you know, just yeah. like." not understanding like you know yeah we have no control over what other people do Correct. you can only control what you do and i had a real a real hard time uh accepting that as i'm like hammering my program director who's probably 
helped hundreds of people literally like trying to tell him he's not doing his job like yeah look look at this kid with a a month sober all right we got a phone call so put on your uh headset so you can hear who's calling because i have no idea who it is hello hi phil Hi. hi phil it's wicked loud listen uh you know, like I said, I always feel really pumped when I see young guys finding recovery. Uh, but I have a question for one of them or both of them. Uh, you guys are still pretty early in your recovery. I mean, year, year and a half, whatever. I'm just curious to know, did your uh, parents, your family, did they get involved in any kind of uh, support groups or anything like that? How did they handle it? Can you hear him? I can hear him. I okay, hear so him. he wanted to know if mom and dad got yeah, involved in any kind of support groups, and if so, talk a little bit about that. Um, did yours? N- no. His dad wanted him to just graduate and be done. Yeah, my old man. My, uh, no, my. But father. not out of disrespect. No, just out no. Of- he, I, my old man. The way I grew up with him is, I needed to learn everything on my own, and that's exactly what he did. He let me learn on my own. And, uh, you know, in all honesty, that was for me personally, that was probably the best thing because I really felt how, you know, disappointed and sad he was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I'm actually thankful he didn't because, you know, there was times where I, like I said, needed to find myself and, uh, yeah, it kind of got me a little messed up, but you know, it, right. it, it's it's good. It's, they were in uh, contact with me. Yeah, throughout you know, your early recovery. My, yes. my mother, she she saw me. She talked to me. Love yep. him out, but <laughs> I, I love my father too. But yes. my dad's a man. Man's a man. He's when needed me to learn my lesson. You know, I dug the grave. I mean, I remember he wouldn't talk to me, and then it it was it was something else. You know. Yeah. What about you, your parents? Yeah, my parents have been involved for uh, probably since I overdosed. They go to, uh, they went to a recovery support group in Situate. Um, and I don't think they go anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know they were going like, like, like right after it happened. And I mean, rightfully so. You yeah. Know, they were PTSD. Shot, you know? yeah. How are we helping you? How, what, what yeah. are they supposed to be doing now? So we have that on Monday evenings. I had to take the headset off. It was way too loud. I, guess, um, I, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't you hear know, you. getting the families involved is, uh, is key. Um, mm-hmm. I believe for a lot of individuals that make it, it's the ones that yeah. have like the families that are invested in yeah. their children. So it's a, it's a tough one. Um, Brendan, I'm so happy for you. That was the most important phone call you ever made. You and Devin are strong to have made it. Thank Keep you. doing the good work. You guys have entire lives ahead of you. God bless to you both. Danny. Thank you. We got another call. You inspire oh, me, okay. brother. Okay. All right. So finish. Right. Um, I'll touch on like, yeah, I, well, I worked in treatment for four months too. Um, where? At Mayflower. Is a part-time behavioral right? health. Maybe? Yeah. No. Um, but just like the fan, it's just really, I don't know. Cause there's a solution, right? The yeah. book, there's a solution. So yes. they have this illness, but there's a solution and it's so hard trying to get people to see it. And, um, what we, we found it, right? Like we found it through the step. Like we know there's a solution. We know it works. We know we've changed. Um, and trying to get people to see that is so, it's gotta be the most difficult thing. Yeah. You know, it's the most difficult thing. Um, yeah. 
but like I, I think David Spencer said it. It's like the roughest um, disease with like the simplest. What did he say? Because he said it the best. To uh, a big book in action, simple solutions for complicated people. Literally, that's all. That's, we have that's, another call. Oh, you do put your headset on. I can't. Actually, here you can put mine on. Yeah. You can tell me who's calling. All right. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Devin. Hey. Hey, I just want to say how proud I am of you, and uh, you're going to do big things, man. I know you are. So proud of you. Thank you, brother. Did you say this? Uh, Chris. Chris Pickles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> hey, brother. Sorry, this headset's cranking, hey, dude. Yeah, I know. I saw you struggling. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, I appreciate all the help, and I really appreciate you and all the boys and everyone sticking by me through this whole thing, you know, and you guys really, really mean a lot to me. I mean the world, you know? Absolutely, man. That's a friend of four. Thank you, brother. Thanks for calling. Thank you. <laughs> the volumes one. are down on the box right there, right in front of you. Oh, this one? Yep. Uh, so I think there we go. Perfect. Nice. All right, now you're up. So, yeah. so back to your story, young yeah. man. All right, so I get to the one house. Yeah. Um, don't want to be there, and I walk into the office with these two guys, Daryl and Jared, and they just dissect me within, within like two minutes. It was crazy. I've never been spoken to like that before. Like I told them, like I'm not this, not this. Like this isn't for me. Like probably shouldn't be here. Like I'll be here for thirty days, and then see you later and um wow they just hit the nail on the head and the biggest thing um so i've been to treatment twice I was 21 and i was 26 and uh that's five years apart and uh i they obviously learned that and then he looked at me he goes what if you come back here at 31 same thing five years apart with nothing to show for it and that literally just scared the absolute shit wow. out of me nice and just right then and there i'm like all right you know what this guy, I like this guy. <laughs> and, you know, he's right. He is what it is. He, he was right. Everything he was saying was right. And, you know, that night, uh, opened up the book, read the doctor's opinion for the first time. And nice. every single word just resonated with me. And I, was, I think I was talking about it on Sunday meeting. Um, I do a Zoom meeting every Sunday with my sponsor, just a small group of guys. It's really good. Get a lot out of it because you get to speak on it. You know, it's not like a big meeting where you have to raise your, you know, yep. you feel like you're taking up time or whatever. And, um, uh, oh shoot, what was I saying? Doctor's opinion. Oh yeah. That feeling, right. Of like, I'm in a house with a bunch of random people Dudes. that I've never <laughs> met and somehow, some way I feel so comfortable and yeah. so secure. And I feel like I'm in the right place. Amen. I will never forget that feeling yeah. reading that book. Also, this dude's from Malden, just straight screaming oh, at me, like yeah, in the yeah. most raspiest <laughs> Boston accent. He's so loud. And it was it was great, though, because it because he's a good public speaker. And, yeah. uh, you know, it really like it resonated even more. And, um, you know, uh, time went on. You know, I, I just got into the step. I got into the fourth step. You know, I just wrote every day. And I'm not lying. Like, I can truthfully yeah. look at you and say that I wrote every day. Mm -hmm. And I got mad. When I finished my resentments and they put me onto fears and they made me wait a couple days, I got mad. I'm like, why aren't you going to let me, why aren't you going to let me like, you know Keep what going. I mean? Like, yeah, let yeah. me finish. It wasn't even to get off restriction. It was because I just wanted to get this shit out. Oh, yeah. Good chest. Wanted this out and gone. Amen. And yeah, 
you know, it, it took a long, not a long time, but like, you know, I remember being like four months sober, like I had read, I started making amends. I'm like, wow, I feel really good. But like, should I, you know, like, but that's how, that's what the steps will do for you. Like you just get, you know, you do it right. You're going to feel something right away. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gratefully I've continued, um, you know, uh, but it's all due to, it's really is all due to the 12 steps. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, the solution the 12 that's, steps amen. that's that's really what got me sober helped me stay sober and makes me want to continue to be sober i've nice. never been this happy in my life and it's you know, it's a beautiful thing it's crazy coming so from how do your family out. what talk about mom and dad and your and brother dad, that found uh, you and your sister are they yeah. back in your life oh they were all well, that's the thing they were always in my life amen. They, they never left okay they were always there um they just wanted me to get well amen you know yeah. i'm very lucky and Very you have relationships lucky. with all of them? Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Staying at Shayla's house Friday night. Buddy, get ready. I got early in the morning. <laughs> I call her today. I call her today because one of my best friends is coming in uh, from Orlando on Friday. And um, she, I got to pick him up at the airport. It's like our it's the kid I was talking about earlier, that kid that's just been there for me since yep. every step of the way. And it's like our thing. You know, scoop him at the airport. And uh, I have, I found out I have to work early the next morning. Yep. I work for a union uh, union piping. Like we start at like five thirty. Like yep. I have to be there at five. And it's in Somerville. It's in Boston. I don't want to drive all the way back to Andover. <laughs> you know, and then drive all the way back. So I call her and I'm like, yeah. So uh, Friday night, like, can I stay over? And she's like, ah, like I don't know, like uh like asking me why pretty much and i'm like explaining why and then she's like i'm like why can't it just be like a yes or like you don't have to like go through like the logistics of it. i'm like yo i can either pick you up if you're out like you can unlock the door like because she has a buzzer to beep you in and it's just like it's just always you know it's never a yes no it's uh well, send me over the edge. Yeah, it's a just little yes or no. So, just give me yes. Or, like it's okay. If someone's no, but but it's a <laughs> but it's a yes. It's Amen. a yes. So I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> it's probably gonna bring the Xbox and I'm yeah. All all the relationships are good. Couldn't Amen. they've never been better. Amen. Um, Londo, I love you, buddy. You're too sweet. So you have a job. You. Yeah. And I keep ne- saying, never not had a job, yeah, which is great because yeah. typically we, yeah. we don't kind of function, yeah, yeah. yes. Port of bodies are my friend, yes. You have a great job, right? You're but I have the best, brother. I have a career Amen. on the way now. That's what it really is. Like, the, the yeah, I have a career path set Amen. out for me. All the goals that I set when I first got sober, I'm crossing them off, and that's what recovery does for us, right? Yep, you know, sure and it all starts by showing up. Yeah. at a men's sober house saying i'm giving you 30 Literally. days that's yeah. all you're getting you i think weren't even giving me that i think you've given me two weeks <laughs> giving you like a week. yeah it's all <laughs> work out of here. A week. i'm out of here you know and then all of a sudden this they talk about it in the big book about like we have like a spiritual psychic awakening change. a psychic change mm-hmm. spiritual awakening and here it is and you're like oh my gosh i want this stuff out of me because yeah. it's the secrets that keep us sick yeah. You know, it's what we keep locked in that we're our own prisoners, you know, yeah. and now that it's out, do you work with other individuals? Have you, are you helping other men? Yeah. In AA? Right now, currently, yeah. Amen. Yep. And I've that to me it, is I've what it's all about. Mayflower, but I've continued, I mean, yep. through what hopefully when I get into the, I mean, my sponsor works with 
guys in the union Amen. who are looking to get sober and yeah. Amen. he runs a recovery and that's that. the whole thing yeah. about like you want to be quiet about it at your job like yeah, you're going you're going to be yeah. the you're yeah. going to be the go-to point because yeah. i can tell you when i worked at a facility um prior to where i'm at now the phone call i at least got five phone calls a week for because we were the hospital for um the union rep i forget which branch was sent to us five a week yeah. about yeah. meeting so like to be that person like they're gonna say hey you know what you know Devin's gonna know how to what we can do yeah. and we can get him hooked up which is kind of like what i do based on the phone calls like i knew when i met you and i learned a little bit about your background that's how i knew to hook you up with sean and that whole group like, yeah. like you try and put people with like-minded people yes he's yeah. sean yeah and sean, um yeah. because i said it at the meeting the other night like you want to see what your future looks like yeah look around you and who you're hanging around with you know, you want to be successful. You want to set goals. You want to reach them. They hang around with people that are setting goals, successful, sober, and doing these things. You guys feed off of each other, and that's how miracles happen. And it's all because you chose to get clean and sober at a young age. Mm -hmm. Like it's a beautiful thing for the both of you. Yeah, probably the best, the best decision of my life. Amen. Hands down. Amen. Hands down. Hands down. No Amen. questions asked. No. But. So. 656. Do you have anything else you want to add? Anything uh, you want to say? If someone's listening and they're struggling yeah. right now, what would be your word of advice to them? My word of advice? Well, one hit a meeting and talk. Raise your hand. Yeah, raise your hand. Go to talk a meeting, to raise people. your hand, and ask for help. Absolutely. What about phone numbers? Do, do we get phone, phone numbers? Well, they, they'll yeah. come to you. They'll, yeah. they, they will just they swarm will to you. Flock. They will flock to you. Crazy. But you have to you have to have that you have to sit you actually have to that's that action part you can't yeah. just show up at the meeting say nothing or else it's not going to work you yeah, have to you show gotta... up raise your hand because i mean especially if you don't know anybody hopefully mm -hmm. you know somebody but if you don't you have to do that amen yeah. amen that's what it is all right well i thank you both for um your time and your service tonight um for being guests on my show i love you both and um, thank you to all those that tuned in. And yes, these two men are very uh, inspirational, especially to the younger groups um, that we're losing left and right and um, coming into the program and just the importance of staying in the program uh, once you, if you're grateful to make it in there. So, so thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Lou, for being here. Our next show will be on the 30th. And it will be with Jen Burns, not only Jen Burns, but Dr. Jen Burns. She just uh -huh. got her Psych D, um, and she's living proof that if you stay sober, um, you can accomplish um, anything. So thank you all for tuning in tonight. If you're hurting, please pick up the phone, reach out. You're not alone. Um, we want you, we need you, and we love you. Good night, everyone, and we'll see you in two weeks.